Welcome to the podcast. Each episode will feature all three of us talking about outrageous sounding events or people in history. But the twist is, one of us is telling a completely fabricated story, while the rest of us are telling the truth. At the end of each episode, it is up to the group to vote on whose story is the most outrageous, and which one we think is true. Hey, I'm Ivan. I'm Davis. And I'm Bum. And today we're going to talk about two truths and one very obvious lie, or not so obvious lie. It's up to you to decide, to be honest. Okay, so who goes first? So, there was Kim's Restaurant, coming soon to Scotland. And, uh, forewarning, there is communism here. So, uh, Who's so... Kim? Kim, well, I'll tell you. Uh, so there was Kim Jong-un. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Dictator of North Korea. Well, anyway, uh, if you haven't noticed, he loves food. I'm not implying anything, he just... He's a guy who loves food, you know? He loves he loves the taste of it, and he calls himself a, a restaurateur of sorts. So, uh, uh, through his company Pyongyang, which is, you know, the, the capital, capital of, of North, North Korea. Korea. Yeah, it's yeah. also a company that's owned by him. Oh. And yeah, in a... So he yeah. owns the capital of North Korea? No, no. <laughs> no I knew this is going to be confusing. So, Kim Jong-un, dictator of North Korea, he owns a company called Pyongyang, which is also the name of the capital of North Korea. And Pyongyang, which is a his restaurant business that he owns, he owns several restaurants in North Korea, right? So yeah, he owns a bunch of these restaurants through the company Pyongyang. And uh, back in 2012, when he officially started branching out in, uh, internationally. So, uh, yeah, his first chain of uh, restaurants that, like, started going west and further and further. Uh, he, he, ha uh, he has some uh, restaurants, of course, in China. But, like, uh, this, is, this is probably the farthest he has ever gone. So Wait, does he have restaurants in South Korea? Probably not. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, his first chain of restaurants began in, well, restaurants. It began in Amsterdam, Netherlands. Where's Amsterdam again? I forget. You said it, Amsterdam, Netherlands. So, yeah, uh, the restaurant was called Hedangwa. All right. So, yeah, uh, sadly, though, it only lasted several months until it closed down due to being uh, expensive. As things why. do, yeah. I wonder why. Well, here's an example. Uh, soju, you know, it's a it's a distilled beverage. It kind of like vodka for Koreans. It was uh, it was being sold uh, in the Amsterdam Hedangwa uh, restaurant for twenty five dollars, you know, in U.S. money. In a regular restaurant in North Korea, it's being sold as two dollars. So as you can see, that's like you know, overpriced. Yeah, so unfortunately, oh, Hedangwa closed in 2013. But Kim Jong-un didn't give up his restaurateur business. So shortly after his failed exploit, uh, Kim Jong-un decided that the Netherlands wasn't good enough, so he decided to go elsewhere. And so in 2014, Kim scouted out Scotland as his next venue for his restaurant. I wonder why. But this time, there was a slight catch. Uh, you know, Korean restaurants, I'm going to get a little stereotypical here, but it's actually not stereotypical because this is fact, and I searched it up online. Korean restaurants, specifically Pyongyang, you know, the company, they serve dog meat in their dishes. Oh. Yeah. So uh, it was fine in, like, uh, China because, uh, you know... That's, that's what they like to eat. <laughs> Barely. Apparently. They, they yes. like to eat dogs. I'm not being racist or anything, but they do. They do have it. This is true. So even though Kim Jong-un was considering opening a business to serve dog meat, well, it's known for serving dog meat. They didn't say that they were going to serve dog meat, but, you know, the uh, the implications of a Korean, um, a Korean restaurant that 
might serve dog meat, might be opening a Scotland. Uh, the Scotland, uh, the Scottish people, they uh, they weren't very happy about that. And uh, yeah, a famous cook by the name of uh, Fred Bermuller. Oh, I thought you were going to say Gordon Ramsay, but go ahead. Fred Bermuller, a famous Scottish cook from the UK, he stated in an article by the Daily Mail that he would be extremely opposed to having not only a dictator's restaurant in his home country, but a restaurant that served dog meat as well. So, uh, yeah, just they weren't on board with the whole dog meat business, right. considering that, mm. you know, they have to kill dogs. Right, to so, each their own. <laughs> okay. But it's not very nice. <laughs> yeah, uh, not a lot of people agree with that. The Pyongyang Restaurant Corporation tried to make deals with the Scottish government, right? In uh, December 2014 to arrange their meals to the patrons of Scotland. So they would like, you know, they were talking that they would take out the uh, the dog meat from their dishes and so they could make a compromise so they would be able to open up a restaurant. But uh, the talks didn't get anywhere and eventually uh, Kim Jong-un just wasn't interested in having a restaurant in a Scotland area. Kim Jong-un has stayed away from posting any more of his uh, restaurants in the European West, and he has stuck to China and Holland. Oh. Yeah, and uh, the sources that I got were from uh, the Metro UK, uh, the Daily Mail, and NK News. I think that's North Korea. Yeah, North Korea News. Wow. Those are my sources. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Huh. Interesting. Well, that's yeah, quite that's, a story you got there. Story, yeah. <laughs> it's it it's, not, it's not amazing, but like, yeah. So yeah, uh, that was my story. I hope you guys got a big wolf out of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's done. great material. I'm okay, done. but I think I have a story that can top yours. Okay, let's hear it. My story is called eBay Brains. No, no, no. You should have called it E-Brains. No. Instead of E-Brains. Oh, you dude, yes. That's not even a yes, good joke. E-Brains. No, I'm Word sticking. play. Word to play. You had a chance. What, you missed What is it. the mix that's going to come out of that? E-Internet. E-Bay. E e and also E-Bay. E-Brains. E-Brains? E-Brains. It just sounds like a weird learning program for, for like, apples. Ah, whatever. Okay, okay continue. Okay, so, continue. Okay, so there was this time when a guy stole some brains and sold them on eBay. Okay, sounds legit. tracking with me. Okay, so it all started when David Charles, a 21-year-old resident of Indianapolis, broke into the Indiana Medical History Museum. So the museum used to be called the Central State Hospital, which served patients with psychiatric and mental disorders from 1848 to 1994. After that time as a hospital, they converted it into a museum. So the police had already investigated several break-ins that happened at the museum, and they discovered that over 60 jars of human brain tissue and other preserved materials were found missing from the storage premises. So afterwards, they think that uh, according to the eBay records, David Charles, the guy that stole all those brains, sold the brains on eBay. So he posted it <laughs> and everything, and eBay let him do it. Just it, like any sensible person. Just like <laughs> any sensible person would do, they would sell it on eBay, stolen goods oh, on eBay. Why? So, so soon after that, someone from San Diego ordered $600 worth of brains, $70 shipping. Dang. And so, you know, he, he bought the stuff, right? And he's waiting for his order to come through. And the buyer noticed from the pictures that uh, David Charles posted on eBay that the jars were, uh, that the jars that he was buying were labeled 
to belong to the Indian Medical History Museum. So Why the, didn't he take off the labels? So, yeah, the dude didn't even take off the labels. It's like, oh, I'm just going to sell yeah. it as is. So, so the buyer then called the executive director of the museum, Mary Ellen Hennessy. Uh, Nautage. That's a lot of Wait, names. Nautage? Why, why was the guy looking for brains on eBay to buy? I don't know. <laughs> just like That's the, the real question. <laughs> and it's like, like, you say, it's like, wait, how do you know this was stolen? Because uh, I was looking up brains <laughs> he, he said he liked collecting weird stuff oh okay. so, so the, yeah human brain so so the buyer called the executive director of the museum who then in turn called the police right. so the police set up a sting operation on december 16th they had an ebay representative meet david charles at a dairy queen parking lot when david charles arrived the police made a bust right so that you know they were just around the corner rushed in to, to take out the dude nice. but it turned out you know, a friend that was with charles during the sting operation pulled out a handgun but he was tackled Whoa. by the police so uh, david charles was uh charged with theft marijuana possession <laughs> oh. and paraphernalia possession according to the court documents guess he wasn't smart with all those brains huh <laughs> <laughs> Dang it, you stole my joke. <laughs> I, I got all my source, secondhand sources from reports and articles uh, from WQAD8 uh, news article. Uh, police say Indianapolis man tries to sell stolen brains on eBay by Shelley Nelson, published January 4th, 2014, hmm. as well as a USA Today article called Police, colon, Man Stole Brains, sold them on <laughs> eBay, by Bill McCleary via the Indianapolis Star, published on January January 1st, 2014. Wait, so... That's the end of the that's wait, 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 did they recover the brains? They did recover the brains. Oh, okay. That's why they were... So they went to his house and stuff? Yep, they, they, they busted him because they were, you know, they wanted to use the eBay representative to lure him and the merchandise out into the open so they could snatch it. Hmm. Oh, so did you bring the brain or just one? Yeah, brain? They, they they brought all the brains, the six hundred dollars worth of brains. Oh wow, that's a lot and of brains. They, they were able to trace back all the, rest uh, of the brains. Did it say exactly how many brains? Uh, I said stole? sixty jars. Sixty of human, jars of human brain tissue and other preserved materials. I don't know what those. And he just he just stole them from a museum slash hospital. Yes, because I was thinking like full on. Brain. Well, it's like, like jars of brain. Well, they tissue. don't. They don't just store like, entire brains. They have like slices up of tissue. Well, that's what I was thinking. My cartoonish mind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they could have been whole brains. I don't know. Other preserved whole material. brains. Well, yeah, I could see that too. I don't know, man. What do you What do you got, bum? Uh, what do you have? Okay, so there was that one awkward time in the Olympics. So shooting, right? Shooting competitions in the Olympics. Uh, they've been a part since the very first Olympics, which was held in 1896. But was the first Olympics that was in ancient Greece? Well, no, the first modern, air quotation marks, modern Olympics, 1896, right? That makes sense. So the second time the World Olympics were held, well, actually the Summer Olympics, was in Paris, France, on May 14, 1900 to October 28th. And the shooting was very popular. So they had like bunch of shooting competitions but in 1900 instead of using regular discs you know clay pigeons they weren't called clay pigeons back then but they were called clay discs yeah clay discs oh the, yeah okay. the 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 officials of the olympics had a very smart idea <laughs> super smart okay. so it was open to all participants of the shooting competition and there's a contest to see who can uh who can kill the most pigeons. Oh no. <laughs> and I say kill because uh, they they wanted to use live pigeons instead of clay pigeons. 
So they gathered about around 300 pigeons, live pigeons, and they released them into the field. And it was a bloodbath. <laughs> and around 300 pigeons were killed uh, during the 1900 Olympics. And it resulted uh, in the like, total bloodbath on the field. So guts of pigeons and remains, they were just like falling out from the sky. And people who watched this, they were just horrified. And... <laughs> Oh, oh yeah. No. Oh, that's what they did, and the, it was you know, yeah. I, I mean, hit pause. I don't see anything wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, but safety ramifications. Yeah, safety. Yeah, and yeah. That is kind of having dangerous. having pigeons just, <laughs> just like what if it goes into the crowd? Goes into and, the crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, you know. And uh, you know, pizza, right? They weren't around. Pizza. Pizza. You know, um, that animal rights uh, company, they weren't they weren't around back then. You mean that guy from uh -huh. The Hunger Games? <laughs> yeah, but after that, multiple animal rights campaigns were launched. And uh, it led to the banning of live pigeons in the shooting in the Olympics in 1902. And the clay pigeons, they were more mass-produced and <laughs> advertised. <laughs> Don't look at me. <laughs> yeah, uh, but if you wanted to know, the record for most pigeons killed that day was by Leon de <laughs> London. But he's from Belgium, but his last name is London. Oh, that's that's a funny yeah, joke. Yeah, and he killed uh, 21 birds. Oh. Mm, funny joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 21 birds, that's not bad. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And my sources are The Grunge, uh, Real Stories Behind Bizarre Events in History, uh, no author listed, uh, Time Magazine, Nine really strange sports that are no longer in the Olympics, and that article was by Megan Megan Gibson. But they still have, they still have a, they still shoot clay pigeons. Yeah, but just not live ones <clears throat> anymore. Yeah, but that. Oh. That's why the carrier pigeon is extinct. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Topin Sports Live Pigeon Shooting <clears throat> by Robert Topin Sports by Robert Wood and Ripley's Believe It or Not Lighting Up Olympic Oddities by Sabrina. No last name. Oh. Ooh. So she's like Beyonce, like Sabrina. <laughs> I don't know. You too. What? No, Bono. Bono. Eminem. Eminem. Yeah. Beyonce. Name is just Sabrina. Yeah, yeah. just Sabrina. Okay. So I that was a real, uh, you could say that story was a real, um, that was a real blast. So we've heard all the stories. We've, we've deliberated in our minds. Now it's up to you, also, the audience, to figure out who's the liar and who's the truther, because I have no idea who it is, to be honest. My two senses. So these articles Wait, for both of the stories, for all of the stories, seem pretty legit. I know mine's real. So it has so to do be I. Mine is real, too. They all sound real. I can't tell. I've never heard of anything like uh, your guys' two stories. Yeah, I've never heard Well, of that's the point. <laughs> I've never even heard an inkling, a morsel, or a hint that any of these could be real or could be fake. The Olympic one, there should be a reason why. Yeah, that was like one of the mo- the- That was one of the major reasons why they use clay pigeons. Right, and the King Jong-un one, I haven't heard hide nor tail of it. But well, it seems- it was, the, a pretty small story. It seems yeah. the most improbable. All right, so uh, I've never heard of either of yours. I really like uh, Davis's <clears throat> because it sounds, I don't know, the most fun. Uh, Bums, it doesn't sound particularly interesting, but he does have a point in where, uh, you know, the clay pigeons, they did have to start somewhere. So, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not picking on which one's more believable. I'm literally picking on 
I'm just going to pick one by random, and I'm going to say, I don't know, uh, Davis is his fake. Well, I, I don't like Davis. <laughs> you don't like it? It's a little suspicious. Okay, so Ivan's... It just it just doesn't sound right because right Kim Kim Jong Un North Korea, they're to- totalitarian state. They're isolated. They they don't want anything coming in or out. So why would he choose to start a chain outside of North Korea? Well, he did. The one in Amsterdam it closed. It closed. Yeah, but there are he still does have like chains through Pyongyang. That's his company in uh, China and the Holland Holland. Holland regions, yeah, that was it. Yeah. But it also sounds, uh, I don't, I don't know. It, does, how how does, would people allow? Why would people want want this? I haven't heard any. Well, like, this coverage. is a this is a UK thing. Yeah, but Kim Jong Un opening restaurant. I would think that that would be a popular story. Not just only to I mean Britain, and it it kind of sounds like the like the articles you've listed. Kind of sounds like you've. You've took took like a true story, like maybe a restaurant from North Korea maybe was open, and you just added Kim Jong Un. So I'm gonna have to put, I'm gonna have to put Ivan's as the fake story. Yeah, it's a totalitarian state, right? With with you know what what Kim's doing up there, you know. I don't think he has the clout to say, "Hey, Scotland, you want one of my restaurants there?" And Kaufman's like. Well, think about it, you know? It doesn't seem that... It doesn't seem like a very wise financial move to have a dictator put a restaurant in a free Scottish country. That's exactly why there's no restaurant in Scotland. And we have decided who we're going to vote is the faker. So, Davis, who do you choose? I'm going to choose Ivan's. And I'm going to choose Ivan's. And Ivan's going to choose. Oh, wait, he can't choose because we already chose him. Like, so are you sticking man. to Davis or me? I don't know. I, I don't well, know. it doesn't matter because we both chose oh for you. God. Okay, so are you the fake? Are you fake? Sure. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yep, yeah. We caught the kind of? again. Yeah, but... Okay, so here's the thing. What, what's the true story? So the, it's actually very convoluted. So this is based on a... The the news of Kim Jong Un opening supposedly a restaurant in Scotland is based on a blog written by a Scottish person, and he said that he wouldn't be surprised if Kim Jong Un would open a restaurant in Scotland. It's not that he actually did, but Kim Jong Un, who does own Pyongyang uh, Industries, that's a real thing. It's not a chain. No, com- it, it is a company, a, a food company, okay. food company branch, and he actually did open Huang Huangdanghua or whatever the freaking the freaking restaurant. That was true. That was true. Uh, yeah, he did open one in in uh, Amsterdam, and that one closed. Uh, yeah, because of reason. Wait, he did expensive. open it up in mm-hmm. Amsterdam. Yep, it closed, uh, and then I think it reopens other under a different. A uh, company, yeah, okay. somebody else owned it. But like, he does have uh, restaurants in China, so. But yeah, it it w- that was actually a good example of <clears throat> people like reporting stuff that isn't true. Uh, I found it really funny and interesting because it was all based around this guy who wrote in his blog. He even said that like, no, I didn't say that Kim Jong Un is coming over to Scotland to open a restaurant. I just said that he, I he wouldn't be like he would be actually opposed to it. Right, so yeah. it was just because of the misinformation 
the spread was, of misinformation yeah. and the use of hyperbole taken mm-hmm. out of context. Yeah, this blogger true. was taken out of context. Wait, so did and people... It, and yeah, people, uh, like the Daily Mail, they actually posted that. Yeah, that was an actual article saying that, oh, Kim Jong-un is coming to Scotland. Uh, yeah, okay, so, so that was an actual... Oh, okay. Yeah. So actual, the true part was, he does have restaurants, but just not in Scotland. Have, yeah, but not in Scotland. And no. the fake part was, he opened one, which he didn't, so... In Scotland, no. he didn't open one in Scotland. Yeah, I didn't, that, I didn't, that was I didn't just say... that was just a blog writer saying he wouldn't be surprised. Right, and yeah. it wouldn't be surprised yeah. that the Daily Mail would publish <clears throat> it because I looked it up just right now. The Daily Mail is a tabloid, mm-hmm. and so it's like okay, <laughs> yeah, of course they're gonna like use that as big news. Tabloids, yeah. So okay. that means mine is real. And mine is real. So, yeah, yeah yours, is, yours, yours is pretty interesting. Bums though. was a pretty. Yeah, it's, it's, pretty it's Olympic yeah. history. It's Olympic history that I have not heard of. I know that painting used to be a sport back in the day in the Olympics. <laughs> and also tug Who of war. Who could paint the fastest? And, and tug of war. Tug of war. But I didn't they should know, bring that back, honestly. I didn't know that they, they <laughs> decided that was a good idea to release live pigeons into an audience. Okay, so that's the end of episode six of the So There Was podcast. Thank you for listening and enduring our shenanigans. Please share and comment below on what do you think about this podcast and I hope you join us next time as we try to decipher who are the truthers and who are the liars. Remember, always check your facts and watch your back.